Welcome to the Live, Feel, Be podcast. I'm your host, JRV, and today we are going to be talking about the defense of the collective. Now, yesterday, I literally rambled my way into this premise for today's podcast because the the main point yesterday was determining our definition of collective unity, which varies, but should always have the same intention behind it. Towards the end of the podcast, I kind of summed it up in a way that basically said what I just said, (laughs) which is having the proper intention behind advancement of the collective and prosperity and finding abundance and cultivating that for a collective, having a good intention for our greater good and one that does no harm, which is where we get to with this episode. Because in my personal life and as a member of my various collectives, but the main ones being the diaspora and the African-American collective here in America. Knowing our history, seeing our lived experience, there has to be that nuance in that purpose, in that definition of advancement and unity and prosperity and abundance. In that drive towards all of those things, there has to be nuance that I stated for our greater good and that does no harm, which is so complex because I'm still trying to understand the way, the way like energy works and the way karma works. And I say karma because that's the main word that people understand as, you know, cyclical energy and redemption and justice. And when I look at my lived experience and my personal experience and the experience of my own collectives, and then I try and reflect on that and bring that into the context of a growth journey and one that takes into account collective humanity and try to relate that and see how the individual growth journey is a microcosm of the collective journey. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm even, I'm just sitting here thinking about it right now and it's, it's hard to think through. Doing no harm is something that is not subjective, definitely. <laughs> and then given the context of collective histories, when you think about different histories of different people, and you think about injustice and murder and oppression, and you realize that one collective perpetrated these things against another collective 
does that then become that collective's mission to achieve justice, achieve freedom, achieve redemption? Is there is there retribution? And so when I think like that, I think about the individual journey and my own life. And, you know, I think about my own personal experiences and how at the end of the day, for example, like with family dynamics, at the end of the day, at a certain age, yes, you were harmed as a child, potentially. At a certain age, it's now your responsibility to still become the best version of yourself, which is what I think is valid, but it's to an extent. I'll stick with that example. We have members of society that were irreparably harmed during childhood, during their infancy, abused, you know, killed, people that don't have lives anymore or have lives that are marked with post-traumatic stress (laughs) and they have to function in that way in a community that doesn't provide resources for them in a collective society that doesn't take into account their past experience and their mental health and their mental well-being and emotional well-being. So how can how can they thrive? How can they how can individuals like that push forward and become quote unquote the functioning members of society that they should be? I think that is true for a collective scale as well. It's hard because I believe in energy neither being created or destroyed. And I also believe in karma and karmic ties and unseen wounds, like the generational trauma that we cannot see permeates different collectives that have been oppressed and been targeted. So I believe in all of those things. We have that universal law for every action. There is an equal and opposite reaction. It's hard to say what exactly that reaction is. And when I think about the collective and I think about the individuals that make up the collective, it's individually based. So this episode in defense of the collective, I want to focus on navigating that do no harm principle for further advancement because I think it goes back into saying the intention behind the growth and the mission and the vision. It all has to be from a good place, from a pure place. And it's easy to say when you don't have when you don't have any context. I think that's why this current 
day and age, you know, new age, you know, Zen, one love, everybody love one another. Let's just look towards the light, positive intentions, positivity everywhere. It's great. It's great. It's awesome. It's kind of like the glossing over that we do or that you see social media influencers do um, in the law of attraction community, in the manifestation community, in the spirituality community, where they gloss over all the shadow work. And not all influencers do this. You know, I've talked about um, ones that I uh, follow, but, you know, a great deal of them gloss over the shadow work that has to be done for you to fully reach your potential in calling what you want into your life and allowing it to come into your life. There's so much work that has to be done on the individual level. If you've been listening for these past, what, 29, 30 days, you know this, especially that first week. That first week is brutal. (laughs) It's still brutal. All of those personal affirmations you can slap a band-aid on something. You can slap all the feel-goods and the smother people kisses all you want and um, temporarily hug them, but eventually you're going to have to figure out what's underneath the surface. What is that, lipstick on a pig or whatever? I don't know. But eventually you're going to have to figure out what's on the, what's under the surface and deal with that. I think it's the same for the collective. I think it's the same for each individual collective. It's the same for the collective humanity as a whole. And when you do that on the individual level, it's messy. It's hard. It hurts. It's violent. Like, think about it. You're literally going to war with all the parts of you that are either not from you and externally influenced, and all the parts that try to self-sabotage you and destroy your life every day, destroy your happiness, destroy your thought processes, keep you stagnant, keep you stuck. You have to defeat all of those parts and come out victorious on the other side. Now, I, I can say this, I can speak like this because when I first started becoming woke as the youth would stay of these days and I first started becoming woke and reading the history and everything that they didn't teach us about the diaspora and about slavery and all of that in school horrible school system I definitely became angry upset like I to any act of injustice, oppression, murder. Like, it's only right that people would become angry and upset. And then you tack on to that all the years of gaslighting and emotional and spiritual manipulation and systemic systemic injustice and continued, like, low-grade oppression and suppression. That's just on the individual level. Clearly, last year was 
an example of the collective level. So what do we do with this? Like, I'm, I'm just talking here in my room, trying to think through this. What do we do with this collective, collective, this collective feeling? Because it's different for everyone, and everyone handles it differently. Again, I can only speak to the African-American collective and the diaspora, but even the diaspora is so vast that there are some people who are not even aware of like the true history of colonization of their country. And if they are, they're in, they're still on the conveyor belt. They're still just going through the motions just to get by, just to survive because of systemic conditions secondary to colonialism and imperialism. So what do we do? Where when we're in a more progressive place like America, where we now have access to all of this information to the truth, or at least a more objective account of his story. And we have all of these feelings coming up. Are these feelings valid? Yes, because on individual journeys, all of our feelings are valid. Anytime we think about someone hurting us as a child or what boundaries were taken advantage of or crossed as a child or when you didn't know any better, you get angry. And it's a righteous anger because you are realizing that someone is infringing on your, your person. So what... What are these next steps? Where do we go from here? Defining boundaries? How can we even do that as a collective? There's so many questions. There's so many questions and I don't have any answers. Yesterday when I thought about the collective intention setting or the just positive intention behind advancement and abundance of a collective. And then I tacked on the do no harm portion. I have no idea what that means. Do no harm in what context? There's so many different options where we're talking about abolishing the police. We're talking about, you know, expatriating back to Africa in mass. We're talking about staying here and asserting our rights and our freedoms and our personhood? How? What exactly is the equal and opposite reaction in defense of the collective? Does it change? Does it transform? Does it transmute? Is it individually based? Is it is it nationally based? Like There's so many questions to think through, which makes it hard because (laughs) as I've been on this individual journey and I am growing into my best self and I'm manifesting a creative and authentic life for myself, I'm trying to see how that fits in with the collective narrative, with my collective's narrative. And I don't have any answers. 
all I have is the same thing I tell myself every day, step by step, moment by moment. Do what I can, when I can, how I can in this present moment moment with the energy that I have to give. Because this personal journey, this individual journey alone is difficult. And then we add on the collective journey with that. I think continuing to affirm our personhood, continuing to hold our personal boundaries and place our collective self-care at the forefront is at least the start. I think defending a respective collective involves doing that first. Making sure your collective is taken care of and has the tools to continue to be resilient, continue to have space and capacity to think about the next steps. I think this is one of the first times in history that we are now having more space to think about the next steps and more access to think about the next steps. We have more minds, more thought leaders that are thinking about the next steps. And speaking of thought leaders, we don't have to talk about that too because within the collective, there's some things we got to work out in terms of choosing our thought leaders and choosing the platform that they have. Because some of these people out here, I'll refrain for right now. I feel like this episode was <laughs> just one in which we're exploring together. I don't have any answers. I don't have any answers. I've seen, you know, the radical of radicals. I've seen the most passive of passive. I've seen the whole spectrum. And I've seen points along the spectrum. I've understood points along the spectrum. I think the question is, who does that serve? Who does that serve and is it serving the collective good? Is it serving the collective good and is it doing no harm? All questions that eventually will be answered, if not in this generation, then the next. As we continue on this collective growth journey to oneness in humanity. This has been the Live, Feel, Be podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for season two. I think I'm going to be talking about dreams during this season. No idea what exactly I'll be saying about them, but (laughs) it'll be the same premise. I'll do four different cycles, individual, interrelational, or I should say interpersonal, existence related, and then collective related. So... Take care. Until next time.